0: Uh, so this is our third look. Okay, so the first time we looked at Matthew six. Okay, tonight is going to be look at different passages. So tonight we'll be looking at Matthew six. Uh, and then yes, last week we looked at first, or or not. Uh, last time, I'm sorry. Last time we looked, the first week we looked at Matthew six, not tonight. Uh, and then this, uh, which is what Jesus has to say about worrying. Then last week we looked at First uh, Peter chapter four verse uh, five or seven, where Jesus, uh, where Peter taught about uh, we must cast our anxiety upon him. But tonight I'm going to talk about Uh, Two kinds of worrying, okay? Um, There is a right kind of worrying, and there is a wrong kind of worrying, okay? So, there is a right kind and a wrong kind, okay? Uh, So tonight, uh, following along, really, uh, we have um, uh, three questions I'll be looking at, okay? The first question is, does the Bible teach there's actually a godly kind of worry, okay? Is there such thing as a godly kind of worry? Uh, Often, we think of worry as bad, and most worries we have is actually bad. Uh, most of the worries that we have is actually bad, okay? But the first question we want to ask, is there a godly kind of worry? Second point is, how do we tell you have ungodly worry, okay? Second question is, how do you tell you have ungodly worry? And then the third point is, how do you tell you have uh, godly worries, okay? How do you tell you have godly worries, okay? Um, so, whats that? Okay. Is that Sorry. wait. Was me. Oh, okay. Echoing. Okay. Yeah. So, um, the so the, let's go with the first point of our question: Is there a godly kind of worry? Okay. Um, last time we looked at the Greek word for the noun for worry, it is always negative; it is always viewed negatively. But the verb form, there's times where it's used in a positive way. Okay. So the first point: Is there a godly kind of worry? Uh, I want to look at some verses where you see the Bible use actually worry Wait. in a good way, okay? Uh, in a, yes, go ahead. Uh, I still need to get my Bible. I left my Bible upstairs. Okay, you can grab it, okay. Okay, so uh, while he goes, gets that, okay? Uh, so we're going to be looking at some verses where the in the Greek, it's actually the word worry, although I think in English, it's not translated worry, because in English, we often have uh a, a idea of worry as a negative thing, okay? But I, so I want to talk about. And by the way, I think uh, could you quiet down? Okay. Uh, I want to talk about this because I think sometimes when people think, "Don't worry," I don't want any of us to think, "Okay, because we don't worry, that means you don't you're carefree, right?" Could there be a wrong kind of carefree? Mm-hmm. Do you guys know some people that have we ever? In a, I know in my life there's been times where I think, "Oh, it's everything is okay. I don't have to think about anything or do anything at all." But is that fully godly? Uh, that could be sometimes a wrong kind of. A uh, uh, situation of being worry-free. Does that make sense? So there is uh, a right kind of worry. Uh, so let's open up to First Corinthians chapter twelve. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse twenty-five. Okay. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse twenty-five. Okay. I'm gonna have, yeah. First Corinthians, first Corinthians twelve, verse twenty-five. Okay. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 25. Okay. Um, so, uh, could I have Nancy be able to read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 25? That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. Okay. So, in the Greek, um, the verb care is actually the same word, the, the verbal form for worry. This is one example of a good kind of worry that the scripture talks about, okay? Um, so we need to worry for what? Or care, I think it's translated, for one another, okay? Elsewhere, this verb is also the same one that we say worry, okay? Uh, in the Greek, there's actually a strong cr- contrast, okay? Um, I know this might sound kind of weird. In Greek, there's actually two kinds of buts, okay? Uh, what I mean by buts is B-U-T, okay? Okay? Um, a small one and a big one, okay But the big strong contrast, like the total opposite one Is actually the one used here Okay, so the contrast is Where it's stated negatively Is divisions in the body in, in terms of the church The church being divided Is that a bad thing or a good thing? What do you guys think, guys? Yeah, right, we should not be divided, right We should not have cliques where one group Say, hey, I'm better than this other group Or I'm more high class, or this is low class. um, This is the people that are more poor. These are more rich. These are more uh, uh, my kind of people. uh, These are not, that kind of thing, okay? But here, it says here, it actually says there should not be any division, okay? So how do we avoid division is, Paul tells us how to avoid division, is the way we avoid division is actually we need to care for one another, okay? That is, we need to be anxious, for one another um, We need to be worried But again we'll talk about later on Tonight uh, There could be a wrong kind of worry And there could be a wrong a right kind But at least this verse here shows It's not always negative Because here it shows When you are concerned for others Okay Could you please listen and obey Okay When you're concerned with others You would be what uh, Definitely a way to help deal with not the, uh, Not having division Okay Uh, By the way, the verb for care here um, is what is called subjunctive. Uh, Subjunctive means it's saying the idea of let us, okay? It's telling us, let's do this together, okay? It's actually a strong encouragement to do this together, okay? Is what we're going to be telling us, okay? So is this kind of worry, is there a good kind of worry according to this verse? I would say yes, okay? Now again, later on, we're going to talk about the wrong kind. How do we tell that we have the wrong kind and the good kind? But here, at the very least, we see that the Bible teaches that there is such a thing as a good kind of worry. According to the Greek, the word here used of um, uh, merma. okay? Uh, then let's actually turn to another passage. Philippians chapter two uh, verses 20 to 21, okay? Philippians chapter two verses 20 to 21. Um, by the way, could you guys hear Josh earlier talking? Uh, for yeah. those guys okay. Josh, would you be able to I always like you reading? Uh Josh, could you read Philippians chapter two verses twenty to twenty one? Okay. Philippians chapter two verses twenty to twenty one. For I have no one else of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare, for they all seek after their own interests, not those of Christ Jesus. Yeah, so here in talking about this, is uh, the context Paul is saying, he's actually in this time when Paul wrote Philippians, for, uh, Paul is a servant of God, right? Uh, he was actually in jail. And he wrote to this church in Philippi, which is actually in the middle of Greece, okay? It's a city in the middle of where? Greece, okay? And he loves his church. He loves his church a lot. And though he's in jail, he still cares for them. How much? He writes a letter to them. I mean, this is how much Paul loves. He's not talking about himself, a sad story, sob story, to make you feel sorry for him. He's talking about joy. Um, So this book, Philippians, actually mentioned a lot about joy and how our joy is actually found in Christ, despite your circumstance, right? Whether you're in prison, when things are not going well. And he also wants the church in Philippians to have that joy. But Paul, when he writes this, he also says, Oh, I love you so much, Um, I'm going to send someone that helps me a lot named Timothy. Okay, and in verses twenty, he explains why does he send Timothy to to this church. He says in verse twenty one is because hey, there's no one like him that genuinely cares a uh, concern for your welfare. That is this uh, brother Timothy, this young man that's now a pastor that God calls him to be a pastor. He's going to be the one that generally cares for people, and God uh, and Paul sends him because he knows when when Timothy is sent, Timothy is really going to love the people and be concerned. And even have a godly worry, okay? The word there for concern, you, you guys see the part in verse 20 where it says concern, where it says for concern for your welfare? That's actually in the Greek, the same word for worry, okay? So what he's trying to say here is, hey, you know, uh, I have no one else that's like him that worry for you because what? He, they, he really cares and loves you, okay? So this is another example that there's such a thing as a godly kind of worrying, okay? Um although here in the English we translate that as concern, okay? And then if you look with me also in verses twenty-one, twenty-one presents us the opposite, the opposite of godly worry, okay? You're gonna see the opposite. What's what does the opposite look like? Uh verse twenty-one says, for they all seek after their own interests. Not those of Christ Jesus, okay? So the opposite of godly concern is what? You're concerned about only your own what? Self Self or interest, okay? Um, And not those of Christ, okay? I think this is interesting. I didn't plan on this, uh, you know, obviously when we did this small series on um, worrying. Um, Things are a little different now than three weeks ago, yes? Or two weeks ago, okay? Right now... Things are different. Yeah. And now people... uh, what are some ways people can be super concerned about themselves that other people might find very annoying right now? Steal all the water and toilet paper. Steal all the water and toilet paper, my wife says, so we okay? have no water to drink, but we use it to wipe our people. Yeah, right? So that's a good example, right? What my wife said, right? I think we all think of that, right? Uh, wider shortage, right? Uh, my sister, Ju- Julie, went grocery shopping on... Um, actually, she went at- to Costco, I think on Monday morning, uh, at 7 o'clock. There was already a long line to Costco. Um, and the line, she took an hour and 40 minutes. She took a picture of it. There was a long line, okay? And of course now, um, normally you think about it, most of the time people, uh, what? There's enough food, right? It's because after a while, you, you start noticing. So It starts with just some people say, oh, I need to get all the you know, all of this because I think it's going to really be really bad. Then now other people might not be so scared. They like, say, oh, it's okay, I'll be... Uh, I'll be okay Then they see Well if everyone's taking all of it Then the second wave of people say Hey I also need some also Well not that I'm super going to be riding Or super anxious But I just need to be wise too." And then you see before you know it, Boom it snowballs right So we see this idea We get this idea Verse 21 When it says all, we, we sh- uh, The opposite of godly worrying for others Is you're only seeking after yourself You're only caring about your own interests Okay uh, also, the opposite of that also as well is If you're not concerned for Christ You see in verses 21 um, Those that are a bad example Is only concerned for their welfare Their own concern uh, We should be concerned about ourselves But this is when you're only concerned about your self And you don't care about Christ Also as well in verse 21 Okay Verse 21 uh, We're going to come back to that later on during our study Okay But I want to at least bring this up As to say is this that, again, this is another passage where this is the verb, um, concern, is a good use, okay? Um, by the way, this verb for concern, the Greek verb for concern, appears 19 times, okay? 19 times. Uh, out of 19 times, this is, at least we saw two thus far, where it's a positive idea, right? Um, where, in, remember the first time we saw First Corinthians? If you're concerned for others, that helps us to not let the church be divided, right? If you're anxious or, or if you're worrying about others first, then you would help the church be united. There's love, that kind of thing. But here we see also as well why Paul sent Timothy. Now think about it for a moment, right? Paul is probably in jail, has people visit him only once in a while. And yet Paul says, you know what? I would rather send my Timothy. This is how much love he is. And then he's saying, I want to send Timothy because I know this is a man that really cares. So he would worry about you instead of worrying about me. In caring for me Okay So this is again A second example Of godly concern Okay Then let's actually The next one Let's turn to First Corinthians Chapter 7 Verses 32 to 34 Okay First Corinthians Chapter 7 Verse 32 to 34 Okay uh, Why don't we do this um, 32 Paul will read that Caleb will read 33 And then Jin will read 34 Okay First Corinthians chapter 7, uh, which phrase? Uh, Verses 22, uh, 32. 32, 33, and 34. Okay. Uh, one second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, 32. I want you to be without concerns. The unmarried man is concerned about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But one who is married is concerned about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. And his interests are divided, and the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. Yeah, okay. So, this passage, sometimes people misinterpret it. Some people think Paul is saying uh, marriage is a bad thing because you will be worrying about your spouse, right? You will be concerned about your spouse. Uh, I know in our English, you see the word uh, like 32, the word concern, 33, concern, and I think even 34, concern, okay? Uh, All those terms are actually the word in Greek, it's the same verb we use for worrying, okay? So this is where, if, uh, if you read some people, some people get it wrong, thinking, oh, Paul says it's good not to marry, okay? But then earlier in Paul, in 1 Corinthians, I mean, he already made it clear that marriage is not a bad thing, okay? I think what Paul is doing here, the Apostle Paul is, he's being realistic that when you're married, you're not only concerned about serving God, right? You're concerned about serving God not only for yourself, but you're concerned also as well with your wife, and eventually also as well if you have kids, also with your Kids and family also as well I think Paul here is being The Apostle Paul here is being very realistic Okay uh, It's not saying And remember I've looked at all the other verses uh, The two verses earlier To show example where worrying Is there is a good kind of worrying So that when we come here If you don't have that category of good or wrong worrying That's where some preachers they preach it wrong uh, I don't know if you ever hear this uh, You know Li Da Right you guys know Da uh, before one of the church he went to, before the pastor had a really bad theology of the Bible, because if you don't interpret the Bible according to your original language, his view was like marriage is a almost like a bad thing. But then the guy's married, but then he made sure his wife can be able to have kids medically. But the Bible doesn't teach that unless unless you want to yourself, okay. But the, the Bible doesn't teach that that is therefore a sin, or somehow you're less when you have kids, or 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 less if you're married. Oh, okay. Because the Bible actually teaches you just being realistic Again, if you don't have the category Like we saw earlier That there's good kind of worrying And bad kind Then you would be, what? Uh, Imbalanced, okay? You would be wrong So that's why I thought it was important As much as we talk about anxiety We need to realize um, There is a good kind of worrying, okay? For instance, um, by the way Would you guys say it's a good if, Is a Would you guys say it's a good husband If I don't care about my wife at all? No No, right? Okay it, would, would we say even like Uh a mother is a good mother if there's no, and uh, um, concern or worry at all for the children. No, right. So this is an example of where there is a good kind of worrying. Okay. So Paul, if you read this in its context, okay, he he's but she's also realistic. If you're single, you could do a lot more things um, by yourself for God, right? You could, for instance, um, if you were to serve God in the missions field, um, you're risking your life. You know, I know in one of the countries I went to. There's a pastor that's 60 years old. He was married before, but his wife died. And he vowed never to be married uh, when he was younger. Because he felt, not not when he was 60, but when he was younger. Because he wanted to say, oh, you know, I want to be single to serve God. So I could go to those dangerous mountain areas. So that if I die, if they torture me, then there's uh, less responsibility to someone else being hurt. Does that make sense? Obviously, other people will be hurt the church. But, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean, therefore, you say, oh, everybody should do that. And if anyone's married Hey, you look down there and say they're wrong They're ungodly um, That's not what the Bible teaches, okay? Um, so let's go on uh, I think another example um, This one is Turn to Second Corinthians 11.28 Okay? Second Corinthians 11.28 twenty-eight. Second Corinthians 11.28 Rebecca, did you want to read that verse for us? Second Corinthians eleven twenty eight. You can read closer. Second Corinthians eleven twenty eight. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all, for all the churches. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, so this verse, what is reading here? Uh, you're reading from NIV, was it or NKJV? NKJV. Oh, New King James. Okay. Uh, so in this verse here, Paul is saying that he's serving God, and it's not easy. in fact, chapter eleven, he talks about serving God. All these bad things happen to him, right? Um, and it's not always easy to serve God To tell people God's truth But he also still has joy Because he loves God And he loves other people, right? Um, here he says On top of all these bad things Happened to him Labors, right? People whipped him People try to kill him He has to work uh, all day Sometimes he had no food He's sometimes cold And exposed Verse 27 Among all these outside things Happening to him He also says inside What does he have? Concern, right? For um, the church Okay Is this concern little Or uh, a lot Look at verses 29 It's an intense concern That he has Okay So here uh, Although in the Greek This word doesn't use The same word as worry It actually uses another word You still see the idea That there's such thing as what Godly concern Okay That there's such thing As godly concern Okay So as application I think it's important to know There's actually a good kind of worry um, Because Because There's also, uh, people could also, um, even when we say, yeah, most of the time when we worry, it's bad, right? We get out of control, we have bad feelings, uh, that kind of thing. Um, But also, there's also a wrong kind of what? Carefreeness, okay? Does that make sense? There's also a wrong kind of carefree attitude, okay? I think an example I would give is, if someone says, oh, you know what? Um, You know, everything, I trust in God. I trust in God. Now, we should always trust in God, right? But then this person say, I trust in God so much that, you know, I don't have to, I don't know, um, I don't have to do anything. I just have to sit at home. I'm not going to brush my teeth, shower, change, or, or go to work, or take care of my family, or, or even read the Bible, or love God, right? I'm just going to sit there and God's going to provide. Now, should we trust that God should provi- would provide for us? Yeah. Do we trust God that God will, will work in us, will grow us? Yeah, but then if you don't do the responsibility of reading God's word, for instance, or taking care of things at home, or taking, you know, when you say, oh, I trust God with my health, but then you don't wash your hands. <laughs> is that a wrong kind of care, uh, worry-less life? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's actually, we would say it's irresponsible. Even though you don't have worries and anxiety, we would still say that is wrong. Does that make sense? Or that has problems. Also as well So I want to bring this up Is to say that We need to teach this To balance that So we don't go and say Oh therefore We don't worry Therefore we could do Whatever we want And it's all in God's hand That's not what the Bible teaches There are godly concerns First okay Uh, Second application Is this is needed Also because uh, Unless we think Sometimes we don't need To love people Okay As we saw here This godly concern Is really focusing On loving who Other people Okay so it's not just about ourselves. So we need to see this. What makes it godly, as we will talk about later, is there is love for others, okay? So now let's go to the uh, second question. So the first question that we just answered just right now is, is there a godly kind of worry? And I think the answer is yes. So then the second question is, how do we tell you, uh, you have go- ungodly worries, okay? Remember, there's two kinds, godly and ungodly, okay? Um, so I'm going to go through a few of these listings. Of what are ungodly kind of worry, okay? I think the first sign of ungodly worry or problematic worrying is when you don't trust in God, okay? Uh, And by the way, I think when we don't trust in God, that could also lead to a lot of anxiousness, right? A lot of other um, bad things happen to us also as well, including affecting our health. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, So number one, let's turn real quick to Psalm. So sign number one, how do you tell you have ungodly worry is you don't trust in God. Okay. Turn with me to Psalm 62 verse eight. Psalm 62 verse eight. Joshua, Judea reads Psalm 62 verse eight. Turn your page, Josh. <laughs> uh, Psalm 62, verse 8. Yes. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So, yeah. I love this verse, okay? Uh, Psalm, 62, uh, in this verse here, uh, Psalm 62, in this verse here, Psalm um, 62, in this verse here, is telling us that we should trust God how long or what time? At all time. okay? And by the way, this is written in David. David, did he in his life face a lot of hardship before he became king? And even when he was king, yeah, okay? We read about it in the different books in the Bible. First Samuel, uh, Second Samuel, um, uh, uh, First Chronicles, okay? You get the idea, okay? Um, yet, in light, light of that, we also see what? Uh, we also see here we are to trust God at all times. So whenever we don't trust in God, is there a time we shouldn't trust in God according to this verse? No, because we trust God in all what, times, okay? And actually, if we don't, we're breaking His command. It's actually a sin. Now, I know it's not comfortable to talk about, it, but it's actually, if, we, if He says to do something, and then we don't do it, that actually is. But that's bad news, but that's also good news. I think the good news is this. If God tells us we, we should do something, even though it feels so hard, even if it feels like a habit we've done it so long, we feel like we can't, we realize, hey, there's hope. We can't actually do what is right. By his grace does that make sense we can actually fight a fight anxiety ungodly kind of anxiety okay the kind where you're you don't trust in god and leads to other turmoil within your heart okay so there's b- bad news but also good news the good news is god gives us grace to be able to uh, fight our ungodly anxiety our ungodly worry and panics. okay um so in line of this uh, the reason why we can trust in god is as it says here is because god is a refuge for us, okay. God is a refuge for us, okay. Can we also say that God is our stronghold, like in verse two? Yeah, God is our stronghold, okay. Good, okay. Um, because He is our stronghold, right? Is why we could be able to uh, have a refuge or shelter, basically, in Him, okay. Um, by the way, you guys know the word English word refuge or refugees. You guys know where it came from? It was actually. 500 years ago, there were some Christians in uh, France, okay? They started believing the Bible. This was a time when the Catholic Church was really against people reading the Bible on their own. Uh, when the Catholic Church under the Pope was really controlling, saying, everything, you have to go through us, okay? But then some people started reading the Bible, and then they started saying, hey, the church doesn't look like what the Bible teaches, what we believe. Um, so then they got really mad, right? And then they killed a lot of people. And then some of them had to flee to England and other countries, okay? Uh, and those original group of Christians were actually called uh, refugees It was during that time period, okay, with the Huguenots um, Just a short history lesson, okay Let's go back on uh, with that So the first sign, how do you tell you have ungodly worry Is number one, you don't trust in Him The second sign of ungodly worry Again, why we're going over this is because Remember, there's two kinds of worry good kind and a bad kind So we're seeing what does a bad kind How do we know we have bad kind Number one, we don't trust in God Second one is also... Um, Uh, When things don't work out the way you plan, you get angry. Okay? Sometimes we're anxious because what? We have a plan, things will go this way or that way. But the Bible says, you know, um, sometimes our man, we we must plan, but we also need to realize, oh, the plan is also in the end up to what? God. Does that make sense? Okay? Uh, It must be up to God. Um, Let's actually turn with me real quick to James chapter 4. You guys could turn to James chapter 4. Uh, James chapter 4 Verse 13 Okay, I'm going to read this out loud Okay, Uh, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow We will go to such and such city And spend a year there, and engage in business And make a profit Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow You are a vapor that appears for a little while And then vanishes but instead, of verse 15, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. Okay, I love this verse. If you read this verse very carefully, some people take this verse and say you should never plan in your life. Actually, that's not true. Because um, the verse also in verse 15 says what? If God's will, we will live here. So do you see there's a plan? But the plan is you're not making the plan as an idol. Like you're not saying I, uh, this plan has to happen or else. Or else, you know, um, God is wrong Or I get upset at God Or that kind of thing But this verse is saying Oh, you know, I'm still going to plan It's still our responsibility to plan But in the end, I will also say It's up to God's will in the end Whatever happened, okay? Uh, You have to plan You have to be as wise as possible to plan But also, in the same time You can't say for sure Oh, tomorrow, today or tomorrow This will happen, okay? Today or tomorrow, for sure this will happen Then God says here Hey, there's actually the problem, Okay? Because if you had that kind of way Will you be very anxious in life? Yeah, okay Because yes. many things in life don't happen according to our plans necessarily Okay um, I mean, I'm just thinking even right now, right? Uh, if you told me a year ago Today If you told me uh, a year ago In March 19th uh, 2019 That, hey, well, People would actually in the world Would actually be afraid of a virus And, you know there's might be People being really nervous at groceries. I would kind of say like, oh, really? Like, how could that be? Okay. But apparently, you know, I didn't think it would happen. No, I think most of us didn't. But I think that goes to show that everything can't always go according to plan. By the way, uh, my denominational meeting was, you know, the reason why we're doing it Thursday is because I originally had denominational training, right? And I was so eager because what? This is the actually last thing. I don't need to do homework. I just have to show up and that's it. I'll finish my ordination thing. And guess what happened? Did I really want to go? Yeah, because it's been so many years i uh, doing ordination I just want to finally be done And just, you know Just be done, right? Like my interview's done This is the final part Because this was the thing That I was supposed to do The first part But every time I always had to go overseas To teach the Bible, right? So I never went to go So then guess what happened? Last minute they said what? No, okay? And then I had to unbook my um, hotel, right? And everything else, okay? So things don't go according to, what? Plan. I had everything lined up. When I go there, I'm going to go see, visit my sister. I'm going to minister to my sister. Uh, I'm going to, when I go down there, there's a really nice pho restaurant down in La Jolla, San Diego. I really want to go eat pho there. Uh, you know, like when it's cold and raining and it's going to be really warm for my tummy. And guess what? Boom. This thing is canceled. <laughs> right? Boom. My sister is obviously not going to meet anyone. She's also, what? Quarantining herself. And boom, all restaurants are all what? Close. Okay? So all that is to say, we don't go according to plan. But if, if this is the something I say, oh, I need to do or else, does that become, I become very anxious? Unnecessarily so. Does that make sense? So the second sign is, like I said earlier, uh, the second sign of ungodly, wor- the first one is you don't trust in God. Second is when you don't get things your way, you get angry, okay? I think sometimes angry is like the cousin for worry, okay? Uh, it doesn't always appear when we worry, but sometimes you also see people worry and also get very angry, especially when there's someone else involved, okay? Is it true or not? If you if we have a plan, especially, maybe ourselves, we don't get angry of ourselves. But then, when there's someone else involved, and then you blame them and you get very angry with them. And sometimes, you might blame them in the wrong way. They're not fully responsible. Does that make sense? Okay. Third sign uh, uh, of ungodly worry is when you don't obey God, okay? Let's turn to John fourteen fifteen. Uh John fourteen fifteen, uh Ben Wartz. Ben Wartz, would you be able to read John fourteen fifteen? This is one John additional. Yeah. Okay, on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John John what? fourteen fifteen. The mm-hmm. <laughs> promise of spirit indwelling that, that title the, uh, did you see the the gospel of John or? yeah gospel of John gospel of John is the only one with chapter uh, with 14 chapters or more so read the entire chapter no John 14 verse 15 oh John okay I thought I made 14 and 15 okay now I, okay yeah that makes more sense yes <laughs> okay, okay 14 15. Um, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Yeah, so we love Him, we obey, right? Um, so I think God wants us to obey, but then there's two kinds of obedience. One is you obey Him, because you think like, oh, maybe I earned points with God. And then if you collect enough points, you could turn to God and say, I get whatever I want, right? Or the second kind of obedience is because you obey Him simply because you know He loves you. And if He loves you, you love Him what? back okay I know I tell this story from time to time when my daughter Rebecca first started learning how to speak I love saying to her what I love you right but when she was very little she just said oh you're welcome <laughs> okay uh, so when we say I love you to someone what do we normally say back when someone say I love you. you I love you right thank you Hannah okay but she was very little Rebecca doesn't do that anymore obviously right we don't just say it. when you say hey I love you you should say oh thank you you want to love them back so when you love someone back, when you love God back, you would want to what? Obey Him. Does that make sense? So, but then if you don't obey Him, that's also a sign. If you're so worried, you don't obey Him. That sometimes a sign. That's okay. That would be what a problem. I think an example of that is uh, example of that is let's just say, you know, you're so worried. I don't know about um, you know, God tells us to. I don't know um. To love others, okay? Uh, to love our parents And maybe our parents are difficult or something um, The Bible still say we need to love Him um, And then, you know, when it's... Ah, oh, I can't think of an example um, I'm sorry, I have a hard time thinking on the fly an example Loving um, your sibling, even though... Or your family member, even though they're difficult And yeah. they don't want to... Yeah, know, yeah Obey the Lord yeah. No, yeah, okay, good uh, It might be anxious... You might be very worried about meeting with them, maybe for a holiday, Chinese New Year, or uh, Christmas. Um, but also, if you're so anxious, you don't obey God, right? That's also a bad kind of worrying. That's a symptom. Okay, whoa, uh, worth that. Okay. Uh, there's also a fourth sign: is you worry so much, your worry robs your hope. Okay, that you start losing hope, you start getting depressed, or you feel a general feeling of hopelessness, a lot of darkness and gloom. This is so when I say there's a godly kind of worry, please don't think I'm trying to say oh, it's okay to be gloomy and feel like gloom and doom. Okay, it is is should be where you should always stay at. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, the ungodly kind, the kind that God doesn't want, that you don't want, that we shouldn't want, is also when you're robbed of hope, because for Christian we should have what hope. Does that make sense? Okay, so as application question, do does any of these things apply to you? Maybe if you're worried, where you struggle to trust in God. Number, by the way, if you struggle to trust in God, it's really hard to what? Obey God, right? Obey God, okay. Uh, so that's and then, do you also when things don't work out according to your plan, do you get angry, right? Uh, like I said earlier, anger sometimes is a cousin to bad kind of worrying, okay number three you don't obey God and number four your worries lead you to lose hope like does that lead to any of that okay uh, so let's go to point number three how do you tell you have godly worries okay what's the right kind of godly worry uh, Philippians 2:20. I know we read this earlier I'm going to read this real quick again you uh, it says for I have no one else of kindred spirit who will generally be concerned for your welfare so we already saw this verse and we, we remember we talked about Timothy so the first sign of godly worrying is a concern for others, okay? Um, could I be honest? I'm actually concerned for right now with the whole virus thing. I'm actually kind of concerned for our older people in our church. Um, because what if something happens to them, right? Uh, would you say that's a bad kind of worrying or a good kind of worrying? Uh, good, okay. Now it could be bad if all of a sudden I feel like there's no hope, I lose hope in God, I start disobeying God, I you know, uh, all that kind of thing. Does that make sense? That then that's a symptom that maybe a concern is gone too too bad, okay, or too extreme, okay. Um, but there is still a godly kind of worrying, okay, of uh, concern for others, okay. Also, Philippians two twenty one. Look with me in Philippians two twenty one. Philippians two twenty one says for So this is a contrast to Timothy. They all seek their own interests, not those of Christ. So this verse in the last part I want to pull out is that is that also is concern for Christ. Does that make sense? It's also a concern for Christ. Okay. Okay. Um. So with that is um. Yeah, sometimes you know even going overseas to teach the Bible, um, I would be lying if I say I'm never concerned. You know. Uh, Mrs. Ling was even asking my wife, like, when I go overseas, what, uh, twice a year, or whatever? Yeah, is, uh, sorry, Nancy? She asked, are, are you worried about him? Yeah, uh, Mrs. Ling asked my wife, are you ever worried about him, right? Am I ever worried? Yeah. Anything could happen, right? Um, not, not just persecution or arrested or any of that thing, but sometimes just other parts of the world is just much more harsh, Of life, right? That kind of thing, okay? Now, I don't want to make it all heroic. That's not fully what the point is either. But, I mean, at the same time, there is a godly worry of your own life. You should be, okay? But also, the concern for Christ is even greater. Does that make sense? The love for Christ, the priority of what? Christ and other things also as well. Does that make sense? Christ, others, and um, uh, yourself. Does that make sense? So, in light of this, I think it's important... um, in light of this Is putting God first Others and, uh, and then yourself So that I think is a godly kind of worry Okay um, So just to help this Because I think also as well When we talk about this I think today I don't know if you guys follow Sometimes on social media There's a whole bunch of debate Online right now If you guys hear among Christians Some people feel like um, Like oh If those that um, You know just about churches At this time Some people feel Oh if you don't have church you, you don't trust in God, right? And then some people feel like, oh, if you close your church, um, uh, you, you you don't trust in God. And then some people say, oh, you know what? If you go to church, well, you're not being wise, that kind of thing. And I think that's important to still make a distinction. There is a... Now, the hard part is knowing there is godly worry and ungodly is walking that middle road. But at least we need to see there is such things with that. Does that make sense? Okay? Um, in all things, of course, I think our godly worry, uh, third sign is that we pray. Okay. Third sign is we pray Um, The third sign for godly worry So the first sign of godly worry is what? Concern for others Or love for others, number one Number two is love or concern for Christ And third one is you pray Okay. Um, Remember Paul said that he had all those concerns for the churches All those churches he can't be there Whether he's in prison or beaten beaten up and everything else He loves them So what does he do? If you keep on worrying and not do anything It's going to eat you up alive So God uses that for us to what? Go to Him to pray to Him, okay? Uh, And leads to action also as well, okay? So I think, but then the right action is, remember, it's one where you're trusting in God. Does that make sense? Um, You're trusting in God uh, with it, and you're also giving it up to God with the result, okay? So the third sign is you pray. And in all things... I think that's important. Um, think about Christ too. Remember when he was about to die on the cross? That night before, he said, "Father, if it is your what, yeah. will, okay?" Some people look at that and say, "Oh, look at Christ! What's going on? Did he? What's going on?" But remember earlier what I said? There is such thing as godly worry, okay? Some people look at that and say, "No, Jesus Christ was not worried at all. Like it was easy for him." But is that really what the Bible says? Is this when Jesus says, "This cup is heavy, and he's sweating." Would you say it's easy Or it's really hard It's a godly worry Does that make sense He's putting others first He's a great example of godly worry Because for us We could always don't know for sure Because our sinfulness We could lie to ourselves Right Or we could have godly worry But then we are imbalanced Does that make sense We put them above God Like maybe my mom for instance Or my wife or whatever But Christ Had a godly worry But his worry was loving Right He put God first and he also prayed I think when you see this more balance Of godly worry, ungodly worry It makes us, at least for me See Christ more in his suffering Because some Christians uh, uh, I think they're very sincere Okay. By the way, sometimes when people misinterpret the Bible We shouldn't be like mean And say, oh, you guys are total terrible jerks No, sometimes it's they're very sincere It's just they're emphasizing one truth Without seeing the balance of both sides Does that make sense? But when you see this, I think you appreciate Christ more and say, no, He didn't sin. You're right. You guys are concerned that you're trying to say Christ didn't sin. He did not sin. But then when you see there is a place for godly worry, wow, Jesus Christ's suffering didn't begin on the cross. It began the night before. It began days before. It began weeks before when He already knew He was going to die on the cross for what? For our sins. I don't know about you. That makes me love Christ more. Thinking his suffering didn't begin on the cross It was very serious Very physically terrible on the cross But it began before Even the night we see a little window into that With his godly concern His godly worry So that he would come on earth Lovingly die for you and I Okay? Pretty good Savior? Okay? I, I think that's the most powerful proof That there is such thing as godly worry Okay?